I wanna be a billionaire. I ain't getting no sleep till I see a milli every week. I wanna be a billionaire. I ain't getting no sleep till I see a billy every week. I wanna be a billionaire. Billionaire, I wanna be a billionaire. Billionaire, I wanna be a billionaire. Ladies and gentlemen, how you doing? Welcome to another episode of Sleepers for Billionaires, the podcast. I'm your host Johnny Vegas, and my next guest, you know, it's a legend in the game. Comedian, actor, writer, producer. I'm sure you've seen him on the Jamie Foxx show. I know you remember him from Don't Be a Menace to South Central while drinking your juice in the hood, amongst other films. Ladies and gentlemen, Alex Thomas. What's going on, my brother? What's up, man? How, How you, you feel? Oh, life is good. Can't I'm, I'm happy How you to feel? be here. I'm feeling good, man. Yeah, I, you know, when you break all those credits down, I'm like, wow, I really have been doing this a long time. Like, mm-hmm. I guess I was in all the hood classics. Like you said, don't be a menace. Players Club, mm-hmm. Tuka Play That Game, The Wash, Jamie Foxx Show, <laughs> Def Comedy Jam. I mean, it goes on and on. It's crazy when people come up to me and be like, yo, I grew up watching you on TV. Right. And I'm like, thanks for making me feel 75. <laughs> like, well, <laughs> like, dude, you, you don't, don't look it. You don't look it. You Thank you, brother. 75. Appreciate that. It, it's just crazy how time flies. Right, right. You know, time flies when you're having fun, man. Pretty much, pretty much. You got such an East Coast accent. And everybody's oh, seen I've <laughs> seen this guy, son. Like, you from the Bronx, huh? All day. The boogie the down. The boogie down. <laughs> Hip hop started out in the Bronx. Come yeah, on, man. man, I love it, man. That's, yeah. what, man. that's what I grew up on, man. You know what I'm saying? But we, we actually met. Um, you was doing the crowd warm up at the Superior Donuts at CBS, killing mm-hmm. it. I remember when you came on. I was like, "Yo, this is this dude. That's crazy!" Like, it's always been a hustle of mine, man. It's, uh-huh. uh, the warm up. A lot of people don't even know about that field. Yeah. So I've been doing stand up comedy 25 years, but I've been doing warm up. On TV shows mm. for damn near twenty of those twenty five. Wow! And what a lot of people don't realize, um, it's it's really hard. It ain't easy to basically. It's almost like um, a rapper. Rappers that I've always liked mm. are the dudes that can freestyle. Yeah, and they also can hit you with a hit record, and they also have a dope album. Right. That's like a complete rapper to me. Yeah. Like one reason why I love you know Jay Z so much, mm-hmm. right? That dude has had some of the greatest songs mm-hmm. in hip hop history. Mm-hmm. But also, if you threw on a beat right now, he would murder it. Freestyle right. off the top of it. Because that's just a real that's just a real rapper. Absolutely. That's how I look at myself as a comic. Like, I have greatest hits. I've done TV shows. I've done movies. I've done hour specials. But the warm-up mm-hmm. is what a lot of people don't get. I have to be in front of a live audience for about four hours. Sometimes eight in front of a seven-year-old kid, mm-hmm. his grandma, it could be an Asian dude sitting right here, a 50-cent-looking dude right here, and Mother Teresa sitting between them. Right. So you can't cuss. Mm. Remember, it's TV-friendly. You're, you're getting paid by a studio, so a lot of black comics can't do that. I've seen and nothing against them. Mm-hmm. I've seen some super funny black comics. Yeah. You see them in a comedy club, standing ovations. But they can't be clean for four hours. Yeah. And just go off the top. A lot of comics have a tough time being funny if it's not their material. Mm-hmm. Don't get me wrong, I have material all day. But when you see me doing warm-up for these TV shows, yeah. that's just me freestyling and keeping the energy yeah. of the show. Because my whole job is to keep the energy, the, the, laugh, the laughter going. Mm-hmm. To keep 
the crowd in, engaged, mm -hmm. you know, while there's a wardrobe change or they're fixing the cameras mm -hmm. or they're doing this and that. So, and the money was always amazing. I've been hearing that a lot. Because it's coming, like, you saw me on Superior Donuts. Right. That's CBS. Yeah. I do Marlon Wayans show every week. That's NBC. Mm. So that's that's some good money, Big check, you know. Yeah. And, it, and it makes as a comic, you don't have to go on the road, right? I don't have to be at the Mississippi Improv this week. I don't have to go to the Columbus Funny Bone. I'm right here in my backyard, Universal Studios, mm -hmm. and making some crazy money and being at being at home with the kids. That's that's you that's know what great. I'm saying. Really? It started awesome. out. It started out with the Wayans brothers mm. in their first year. You know, you watch the Wayans brothers, right, right, right. A hundred episodes. I didn't realize that. To me and Marlon, we're just talking the other day. I was like, "Wow, that was a hundred episodes for you, the actor." Mm -hmm. But that was a hundred episodes for me as a comedian. I didn't realize yeah. it was a hundred episodes. Then I thought about it. After the Wayans Brothers was over, mm -hmm. all of a sudden, throughout the 90s, it was a slew of black TV shows. Right. So basically, so you guys birthed I did them all. Mm -hmm. I did Living Single for five years. 100 episodes. That was a great show. I did, I did Moesha. Mm -hmm. I did The Parkers. I did All of Us. Yeah. I did My Wife and Kids. Anything that was black, that was major <laughs> network TV, black. they needed a warm-up. They called Alex Thomas. So... I thank all of them because that was it was great exposure. I ended up being on a lot of those shows mm -hmm. as the actor. Yeah, you know what I mean. Right. So it just kept me in the loop. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And all you can ask for when you're in the entertainment business, you need to be in the loop. Mm -hmm. if you're not in the loop. How you gonna know about what's going on? And you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So. That's that's great that you mentioned that being in the loop. Because that was actually my next question. You know, what are you doing to keep yourself relevant amongst? The new wave of comedians, you know, you got a lot of people flooding social media with meaningful and meaningless content, you know, so how do you uh, kind of stay relevant amongst that wave? You know, I use two examples, two people who happen to be mentors, mm -hmm. friends, billionaires, and the whole world knows them, and they're my friends, and that is Russell Simmons and Dr. Dre. Okay. And where I compare myself, where I fit in there as a comedian is, they both kept their ears to the street. Mm. By keeping their ears to the street, yeah, they got older, but they stayed relevant. Right. Meaning, um, Russell with All Deaf Digital. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Right. You make millions and millions and millions and millions of dollars mm -hmm. from Def Jam and hip hop. Yeah. But to keep that legacy and keep that thing where he went with the younger generation. Yeah. Started all Def Digital. He stayed with the wave. He went digital. Right. Take somebody like Dr. Dre, who's a hip hop pioneer. Mm -hmm. Right. But in his case, he went the tech route. Beats by Dre. Yep. Whoever would have thought this dude that from NWA, this nigga from Compton, mm -hmm. would end up making a billion dollars in the tech world off some headphones. Amen. You know what I'm saying? He kept his ear to the street. Mm -hmm. I, as a comedian, um, I kept my ear to the street, so therefore my material is fresh. And I'm not one of those dudes that, you know... I can only joke to guys that are 40 and older. Like, mm -hmm. they only gonna get, no one's gonna get my jokes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, man, at my shows, and I'm sell out, I sell out all over America. Mm. Nigga, it might be a, a mama and a daddy and their kid. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, their kid likes me because the kid knows me from this, this, and that. Uh -huh. And the parents were like, man, you weren't even born when Fresh Prince of Bel Air was around, when he was writing that show or Jamie Foxx show. They're watching reruns. But 
to the young kids, my material-wise, it's not like I'm trying to be something I'm not. I'm not trying to be an old dude trying to be young. No, I love hip-hop. Right. I've really, I'm one of those dudes, I can really talk. African Barbara, KRS-One, mm-hmm. Eric B and Rakim, mm-hmm. LL Cool J, DMX2, Lil Uzi Vert, mm. <laughs> to Cardi B. Yep. To, to, to 21 Savage. Uh-huh. To, I really, it's really me. I'm not faking it. I right. really have something to say about all this. From original hip-hop to how ignorant hip-hop is to this day. Uh, yeah. So it keeps me, it keep, that's one way I stay relevant. It's just like young spirit, mm-hmm. too. You know what I mean? So, yeah, I look up to those dudes. And I look up to those dudes. It's kind of on the subject, off the subject. Probably didn't know anything about this, but uh-huh. only because we brought it up. It's all good. Russell started out. Hip hop mm-hmm. ended up having a multi-million dollar clothing line. He actually was first. I mean, not Carl Kanai cross colors first, but I'm talking about the Fubu generation. And all that. Uh, yeah, Fubu and all that. Mm-hmm. But Diddy kind of looked up to Russell mm-hmm. for what he was doing with Fat Farm. Right. And my point with that was again to stay relevant. He thought outside the box. Mm-hmm. Clothing, right? Trey, uh, technology, mm-hmm. beats by Trey. I happen to be the only African-American comedian entertainer to own a multi-million dollar accessory line. I, I own the Lewis Stewart collection, the only black-owned high-end custom accessory line in the world. Good job, man. A lot of people, they look at me, I'm not fancy, I'm not a dude that wears a ton of ice, I'm not a, that's just never been my thing. Right. But uh, the Lewis Stewart collection, we have over 300 guys right now in the NFL, NBA, mm. pro football, baseball, basketball. We just did uh, Oprah's purse for her birthday. We did. President Obama's custom briefcase when he was in the White House. Um, if you on Instagram, you can go to Mr. Lewis Stewart, M R L O U I S S T E W A R T. The website is thelewisstewartcollection.com. I'm actually wearing a hoodie right now, but it's just some really fly stuff. And if you didn't know, you didn't know. Yeah. But when people look at it and they're like, oh my God, I saw that on Justin Bieber, I saw that on Rihanna, yeah. I saw Rick, well, didn't, didn't Kanye have that? Uh, didn't uh, 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 Dr. Dre have that? Didn't Snoop have that? <laughs> yeah. But I always stayed behind the scenes. Mm-hmm. I always took a page out of white boys' books. Yeah. You know, they, they, I was just the money in the mouthpiece. Right. Nothing against Diddy, nothing against Jay-Z, but when that, when uh, when Sean John first came out, mm-hmm. when Rock Aware first came out, you'd be driving down the street or you be in Manhattan, you look up, you see a huge billboard, and you would see Jay-Z in the billboard yeah. wearing his jeans. Right. You would see Diddy laying across the billboard wearing his jeans. They'd be all up in the video. Right, 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 right. dancing. I'm totally opposite. Yeah. I never, I just stayed behind it. But mm. now that it's, we're nine years in business now, we did nine million in nine years. Good job. No ads, no commercials. I talk about it now because it's like an inspiration to people to be like, mm-hmm. yo, we were wondering what people thought I, I stopped doing stand-up. No, right. I didn't stop. It's just I had to separate myself as the actor, comedian, silly, funny guy that you've been watching on TV for years mm-hmm. versus the stone-cold, serious businessman CEO right. of an accessory line. So, uh, yeah, the Lewis Stewart collection. That's, Something you didn't know, huh? No, I didn't know. And to be <laughs> honest, I'm, I'm proud of you for doing thank that. You, and. If there's room for your boy, you know, we have to talk about that a little later. Uh, that yeah, sounds yeah. great. But now, nah, well, actually, yeah. I, I wouldn't mind wearing some of that, man, just to help promote and uh, yeah. know, motivate others like y'all and yeah. make them aware and spread some awareness. You Gucci know? and Louis Vuitton are not the only ones. Right. It's like the same way we thought we'd never see a black president. We thought that would never happen right. in our lifetime. Mm-hmm. And it happened. 
something that we thought never could happen. It's almost like in the high-end accessory world, mm -hmm. we feel like, you know, black folks can do clothing all day. We mm -hmm. can do t-shirts and stuff like that, but we think we could never be Gucci, Fendi, Prada, you know, Louis Vuitton, right. uh, Goyard, mm -hmm. MCM. No, we were the first to do it. So it's there and it's, it's growing to this day and look into it. It's just an option. It's like saying, hey, there's Nike, there's Adidas, there's Under Armour, you know what mm -hmm. I mean? And there's Lois Stewart. It's just an option. You know what I'm saying? You know? That's cool, man. That's awesome. Tell me, um, who are some of your favorite comedians, old and new? Old and my inspiration mm -hmm. and the greatest of all time, Richard Pryor. I knew that was coming when you said that. In fact, uh, my next comedy special, uh, this summer I'm shooting in Peoria, Illinois. Mm -hmm. Homer Richard Pryor. Okay. The Richard Pryor statue. Uh, just as a dedication because he was my favorite. Right. He inspired me. It's almost like if I was a baseball player and I would tell you Jackie Robinson, not only what he did for black people in baseball, but in sports general, mm -hmm. you know, breaking that color barrier, doing what he did. He paved the way for us today. Right. That's how I feel about Richard Pryor. And he was universally funny. Mm -hmm. Yeah, he was black, mm -hmm. but he made all people laugh. Absolutely. That's who I look. That's what I looked up to. So. I'm shooting my next hour special mm. in Peoria, Illinois. Okay. Um, and it's called The Funny Don't Stop. That's mm. my hashtag. Mm. The Funny Don't Stop. And he's just the greatest of all time to me. As far as new, it's weird because, you know, the new guys, there's a lot of young guys out there with some good potential. Mm. I don't really watch other comedians. Okay. I have respect for them. I respect for Kevin, I have respect for Mike Epps, I have respect for Cat Williams and mm -hmm. all this guy, but I don't watch them. I right. don't watch them to see what their jokes are. Yeah. Because I have my story, I have my life, and I have my jokes. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? No, I get that, I get so that. So I don't watch, but you know, Dave Chappelle and I started out together. We've been friends 25 years. Awesome. Everybody's got a different route. Right. You know what I mean? I've known Chris Rock for 20, over 20 years. Everybody has a different, Tracy Morgan, all these guys that I came up with. Everybody did their own things in their own way. I just had a different route than a lot of guys. Mm -hmm. You know, I was one of those dudes. I was a stand-up comic. We all started together. But I kind of, like, jumped out before all them to get a job first. Mm. And that job was a writer on The Fresh Prince of Bel-Air. Here I am, a comic. I've only done comedy six months. I only have five minutes of material. Mm. I'm the epitome of being in the right place at the right time. You ever heard of that? Yeah, of course. I'm here I now. <laughs> yeah, I tell everybody that story just to motivate cats. Mm -hmm. You know, it's a real simple story. I remember it like it was yesterday. July 2nd, 1992. Mm -hmm. I was a broke stand-up comic. Mm -hmm. I had $11 in my pocket. I caught the bus right here on this street, La Brea, mm -hmm. to go right up here to Hollywood to the world-famous Laugh Factory. Mm -hmm. Amateur night. Sat in a 13-hour line that day just to go up to do three minutes amateur night. I went on last of the amateurs, mm. did my little three minutes, got off stage, Will Smith sitting in the front row of the comedy club. Wow. Right when I got off stage, he came up to me, he was like, yo, man, you real funny, man. You know, my name is, I was like, I know who the hell you are. Right, right, right. <laughs> Will Smith, right? He goes, well, yeah, I got this brand new TV show. I was like, yeah, Fresh Prince of Bel-Air, I watch it every week. Yeah. It had only been on a year at that time, right? Okay. He goes, well, let me ask you a question. He goes, do you write? I'm like, let me ask you a question. You got a pen? Yeah. <laughs> he was like, oh, well, do you think you can come down and help us with some funny stuff like what I saw on stage tonight? I was yeah. like, hold on, let me check my schedule. Uh, yes, I'm available. <laughs> He's like, when do you think you can come down? I'm like, now. Now. Like, like, can I get a ride? Can I get a ride with you? <laughs> Rest was history. I was there the next day, four years, 88 episodes. 
Wow. So, Will Smith, if you're watching, I appreciate you. Love you, brother. That was the start of my career. And, uh, yeah, that was the beginning. Writing. That's 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 great, man. That's that's great. How like, that opened up all the doors for me. that just shows like when you want it bad, like you'll go to amazing lengths to get to there. Like you waited 13 hours, took the bus to do three minutes, and it changed your life. Changed my life, and that opened up every door, and so many things happened for me. It's like that was a big year for me. Like '92, '93, mm -hmm. that was the beginning of Def Comedy Jam. Mm -hmm. I did Apollo that year. Mm -hmm. I booked my first commercial that year. I was very lucky, like God was with me, and that just sparked everything. He's always with you, but he's yeah, with all yeah, of us. You know absolutely. Have you ever thought about doing your own Netflix special? I'm starting to see comedians, you know, getting these big checks for these, you know, hour specials, killing it. You know, have you thought about doing your own? Well, that's the next one. Well, over the years, I've already, I've done hour specials over the years. Mm. Netflix is just the new thing. Right, right, right. And of course, I actually have a huge Netflix series. The starting next month. We mm. just did 64 episodes. Good job. It's actually Netflix's first urban animated series. So I've been on Family Guy for 10 years. Right. One of the biggest cartoons. Mm -hmm. And the, some of the producers and people that casted me for that mm. called me for this. Smokey Robinson's executive producer. Mm -hmm. And it's called Motown Magic. Wow. It's the whole history of Motown. A lot of people don't know the two biggest catalogs in music history is the Beatles mm -hmm. and Motown. Yeah. So every single episode is around a different Motown song. Mm. So Heard It Through the Grapevine, that's an episode. Jackson 5, ABC, that's an episode. And we just did 64, and it's coming on Netflix at the end of May. That's a so, great concept, bro. Yeah. Oh, my God. And the animation, when I tell you, out of all the cartoons I've done for years, I did King of the Hill, I did, you know, uh, you know Family Guy, I've been mm -hmm. on a, a lot of stuff. The animation is so amazing. Like we've been, we've been doing the voices for almost a year now. Mm -hmm. People don't realize the the animation process. Yeah. We did a year of voices without even seeing what our characters are gonna look like. Wow. So we just now, as of like a month ago, got to see because they're doing the animation in Australia. Okay. We did all the voices here. Okay. And when I tell you to go into that studio. And see your voice uh -huh. with how amazing the animation and the color is, dude. It's gonna be crazy. So everybody's got to binge watch on Netflix, Motel Magic. My name is Jimmy Mac. I'm a 1965 Cadillac, <laughs> <laughs> and I play a bunch of other little characters on there too. But like my my daughter, she's three years old. She okay. loves animation. Mm. She knows nothing about Motown. Right. She doesn't know who Marvin Gaye is. She but don't it's, know. Educated. Yep. It's going to be educational to right. pretty much anybody twenty and younger. Yeah, the new generation. The new generation. Exactly. They're just going to go. Yo, that's an amazing song. Your parents are going to have to go. That's Michael Jackson. Exactly. Yeah, that's an amazing song. They were called The Temptations. Exactly. Daddy, I like that song. Who was that? His yeah. name was Stevie Wonder. Exactly. You know what I mean? You were conceived to this. Yeah, you were <laughs> conceived to this. They're going to love the animation. So mm. to anybody 25 and younger, they're going to, I mean, and older, uh -huh. they're going to love the animation and they're going to be able to sing along with the songs. Right. So it's a great series, man. Smokey Robinson's a legend. And yeah. Shout out for having me on the show. Yeah, just just to see it in a cartoon aspect is real. Uh, like, it's real different. It's like it's totally huge. left field. You know yeah, what I'm saying? Yeah, like yeah, you yeah. said, Smokey Robinson. I was just yeah. listening to. Uh, have you seen her? That's my jam right there, boy. Oh, I'm telling you. I'm trying to. It's gonna be it. fun, man. It's gonna be fun. So check that out. I will. I will. Okay. Well, in regard to the Netflix specials, you know, with the you know the hour special, mm -hmm. you know, like stand up comedian yeah. stuff like that. What would you try to negotiate for? Like, what do you think you're worth? 
And if you had that opportunity, Jeez. you mean a number? Mm-hmm. Like, what would you what would you want? That's very that's very tough because you can't compare it off other people's stuff, right? So because you know you got to understand like take Chappelle, take Chris Rock, those kind of people that you know they have bigger names than me. I've been in the business and they respect me and I respect them, mm-hmm. but. You know, that's also agents, that's also managers, mm. that's networks saying what they think. Because at the end of the day, it's like Netflix, um, they're paying people up front. A lot of people don't realize this is industry talk now. Yeah. Netflix is non-union. Okay. So it's not like I'm coming from more of a generation of residuals. Mm-hmm. You may get this, but over the long run, you can make millions, but that's not what you got when you shot that right or when you perform that right the reason you're hearing about these crazy lump sums mm-hmm. is because the network going here's what it is because you're not getting anymore okay you know what i mean so this is like a little upfront and over time collectively the way they're doing it now is no here it is everything oh and they're going, thank you okay it's yours and i appreciate that right Run it till I'm 90. Yeah. Until I'm gone. You know what I mean? Right. So, you know what I mean? It's hard to say that. It's hard to it's hard to say a number. If I were to say 5 million, I don't know. Is that shortchanging me? You never know what could happen. I can be in the next Titanic next week. Yeah, yeah. I could be in Jurassic Park 4 coming up. And they'd be like, damn, they only gave that nigga $5 million. He could have got $50 million like Dave Chappelle. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Who's to say? Because I'm a businessman. Right. A lot of people don't realize a little fact. So way before Kevin Hart, way before Cat Williams, way before all these Mike Epps and all these guys, mm. I was actually the first black comedian to independently shoot a comedy special and get picked up by a major network. Mm. I was thinking this way 17 years ago. Nice. 2001, mm-hmm. comedy classic, straight clowning, mm-hmm. my first hour special. Will Smith was on it with me. Okay. Dr. Dre did my music. Mm. Shaquille O'Neal was on it with me. Jamie Foxx was on it with me. Tyra Banks. Yeah. These are all my friends. Right. I basically took a page in those years. I took a page out of what Master P was doing mm-hmm. when he in the hip hop world. He's like, why do I need to go to a label? Yeah. When I can take this dope money mm-hmm. and start my own label. That's a it's before cash money kind of blew up and this and that. So I was like, well, let me do that. One of my pro athlete friends. Mm-hmm. Gave me a lump sum of money and was like, wait, why don't you have an HBO special? Kind of like what you're talking to me about Netflix now. Yeah. Why, why you ain't on HBO? Why they ain't give you? And I was on HBO's waiting list back mm-hmm. then. And I was like, you know what? I'm sick of waiting. I'm not going to wait any longer. I could actually shoot this myself. Exactly. Four cameras. Mm-hmm. 1,500-seater. Wilshire Ebell right here on, the, on, on Wilshire. Mm-hmm. Sold out two shows. At that time, Steve Harvey was on radio. There's my radio promotion. Mm-hmm. I have these superstars that are my friends that are on it. I have this hour of fire-ass material. Yep. Let me shoot this myself mm-hmm. and make somebody go buy it. Right. That's how I was thinking 17 years ago. All it takes is that little bit of motivation inside you to kind of spark that fire. Like, listen, I'm, I'm tired of waiting. Right. I'm right. tired of waiting. Right. It went to showtime. So, so there you have it. Before, so it would have been the equivalent of me going to shoot my own special, which mm-hmm. the one I just told you about in Peoria. Yeah, I'm actually shooting that independently again. My man. Then I'm going to sell it. Yeah, to Netflix because if it's quality mm-hmm. and it's and it's already there, they're in the business of buying stuff too. Yeah, a lot of them they'll shoot Dave Chappelle's, Chris Rock, Amy Schumer. They're going to shoot that, mm-hmm. but they see whoa. Just 
this guy shot this on his own? Mm-hmm. And it looks as good as what ours would be? And I didn't even have to wait around for them? Right. For what their so-called list is right now? Mm-hmm. I'm going to shoot it myself. So same thing. So I shot it myself. Went to Showtime. was one of their top-rated uh, comedy specials on Showtime. It also became a part of the Platinum Comedy Series. Mm. Platinum Comedy Series was Dave Chappelle, Steve Harvey, DL, mm-hmm. Cedric the Entertainer, mm-hmm. Monique. Okay. That was their series. Mm-hmm. But they shot that. Mm-hmm. They bought mine. So everybody looked at me like this dude's brilliant. Like I didn't they, I didn't have to split money with them. Right. I already shot it. Exactly. I'm just saying I need you for distribution. That's all just you need. Just put it out there. Yeah. So I was thinking like that a long time ago and I'm still thinking like that to this day. That's why I was able to make some good money. Mm. Thinking as a businessman. As you should, all the time. You know what I mean? So have you thought about creating like your own Netflix or your own Showtime to distribute your own material? Oh, you mean like my own network? Right, and then start, you know, buying stuff from other people like that. That's something that'll be down the line. That's kind of like thinking of me having my own studio. Right. And that now, I can't sit here and lie to you. Go, yeah, I thought about my own studio. No, I haven't. Because right now, uh, married... Two kids. Mm, congratulations. Man. Thank you very much, man. Mm-hmm. I'm a, uh, I'm a CEO of a, of a company. Mm-hmm. I run my company. I run my business. But that's kind of what it's all about right now. I'm mm-hmm. not kind of like put, trying to put too much on my plate. Right, yeah. That might be something that happens later on down the line. But right now, it's about securing that the for bag. my family. It's securing that bag for my family and taking care of them first and Whatever happens is going to happen outside of that. Absolutely, you know? man. Yeah, it sounds like it's coming. It sounds like you got the mind frame to always think bigger and outside oh, the box. Oh, absolutely. You know, so I, I see your, uh, your own network in, in, in the future, man. Mm-hmm. I definitely encourage you to do that because it's like, I mean, although, you, you know, it might be more legwork for you in the beginning, but all, the ultimate goal is going to come. Oh, yeah. You know, especially you got all the, you got the support around you for people to oh, yeah. put the stuff in there and then oh, yeah. make it um, more incredible. So I definitely feel that would be a good move. Now, you say you have a wife, two kids, family. Man, are you encouraging your kids to get in the business at all? So funny you bring that up because everywhere, if you follow me on Instagram, mm-hmm. funny man Alex Thomas, mm-hmm. the hashtag is I love you Halo. <laughs> and that's my daughter's name Her name is Halo Yeah And people see those pictures And they're just like Okay why is she not in the movie already why, why is she not on TV Right We're not pushing it Okay It's one of those things that Her personality is so crazy It's just gonna naturally happen And she's just about to turn three mm-hmm. This month So awesome. We're thinking at four mm-hmm. Maybe four or five years I already have agents That were like Right when she turns four, we'd like to be her agent. Right. So it's going to be organic. She wants to go out for a commercialist, but I'm not pushing it. My son is only five months old, so he's brand new. Mm. It's like, obviously, daddy's in this. If it happens, it happens. But I'm not forcing it. Because you always hear the stories about people that try to force their kids into it. Mm. When you force them, then, it's, then they become rebellious. Right, right. It's kind of like... It's my, my, it's bound to happen with my daughter because she has so much personality. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But uh, we just going to see how it goes. We're not, we're not forcing it. Yeah, eventually they'll find their way, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. For me, it was sports, and then it was drawing, and then it was rapping, and now I'm yeah, hosting yeah. a podcast and acting, uh, still doing all those but things. But your parents also. expose you to things. Right. And see, I think that's real important, especially being a black man having a daughter. Mm-hmm. You know, unfortunately, we know the statistics. You know, so many black men are not in their, in their kids' lives. And then it's easy math. 
That's why they end up on the pole. Mm -hmm. That's why your son is 16 selling cocaine. Because mm -hmm. there was nobody there to say, get your ass in the house. Mm -hmm. No, you're not doing this. You're going to do your homework. Right. No, you're, what is that you are wearing? Take it off. Right. What is that you're listening to? Cut it off. Mm-hmm. You, you know, you're raising yourself. Right. And you know what I mean? You're going to make some super dumb decisions. decisions. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? So it's very important, I feel... Especially your daughter, like I keep saying, my son's only five months, so it, you know he's just a baby right now. Mm -hmm. But I have my daughter already. Mm -hmm. She's in dance class. She's in, uh, you know, maybe be specific. Yeah. Uh, modern jazz, tap, and ballet. Oh, yeah. I see. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> like, because uh, you say dance now, and they'd be like, "See, booty shaking already." No. <laughs> you just said you didn't she want her to pull. She twerking. You know, the, you know, she has her dance recital in June. The bottom line is, you want them to be involved in so many things mm -hmm. that are positive and constructive that they're when they're able to make up their own minds mm -hmm. they're going to keep that mindset of staying busy and doing things that they're not even going to have time to do dumb shit right and they're going to be smart enough when they're old enough to realize they're going to tell their friends can i cuss on this yeah what the fuck are you doing <laughs> you guys are about to go do what okay great that's beautiful but I have soccer practice in an hour. Mm -hmm. uh, that would be great to go do that dumb shit with you guys, but I have choir rehearsal. <laughs> That'd be great that you did it, but you know what? I have painting class. She's going to be in so many things. Right. And hopefully whatever out of all that stuff we put in her face, mm -hmm. she'll decide what it's going to be. It's not going to be the lack of effort on our behalf. Right. It's not like we didn't put her in anything and everything. Mm. You, know, you get what I'm saying? Right, right. She's going to learn what it is to have an agenda. She's going to learn what it is to be on a schedule. Mm -hmm. She's going to learn what it is that I got to do this. I got to get rest. I got to do, you know what I mean? Yeah. So shout out to all the parents that do that. That yeah. are in their kids' lives. Yeah. That, 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 that you know, the, our guys my age that have kids that are already 20. And you know they're doing good things. That's because mm -hmm. they were strong in their lives. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? So now that's good that you kind of kids are not to cut you off. Uh -huh, kids, from what I heard, kids are because I'm new. Uh -huh. Kids are a reflection of their parents. Right. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, I agree. So no, no, I feel you, and that's good that you're instilling the work ethic behind you know what it, the passion. You know what Absolutely. I'm saying? What it is you're trying to do? You know, you know what people know? say to us a lot? Like they go, "She's only two. She's putting together complete." Sentences and talk it's like we don't know because we're not around other two-year-olds. Right, we only right, know right. our daughter. Exactly. But we talk to her like she's grown. Mm. We don't do baby, baby, baby talk. No, we talk to her like, Halo, could you please go in the refrigerator now and bring daddy a banana? And I also need you to turn on the TV in the living room for mommy. Yeah. She'll be like, okay. Please and thank you. Yeah, please <laughs> and thanks. She knows right. manners and this. People are like, oh my God, you guys are doing the right thing. Like, yeah. that's all we can do right now. Yeah. You know what I mean? So, you know. Now, I noticed that even like some of my friends, I don't have children, but some of my friends that have children and they, some of my see do the boo-boo gaga and the ones that talk to them like they're grown-ups already, they advance quicker. That's what you I'm know, talking about. They're, they're having full conversation with them at full seven. Exactly. You know? It's because, you know what I mean? You, you have to, you know, mm. you have to, they are reflections of you. They are reflections of your personality. Right. They are what they hear and see in that house. Right. You know, I can tell like uh, kids that have like no personality mm -hmm. and it's like, wait, wait, we've been in this room now for seven minutes. The kid has said nothing. Yeah. And then you look at the parent, oh, your house is like that. Mm. You get what I'm saying? Right, right, right. It's almost like, unfortunately, my generation, a lot of kids grew up smoking because their parents smoked cigarettes around them. Yeah. So how can you, ex how can you be mad 
yeah. that you're sending out as well, but they saw you do it your whole yeah. life. Or tell me not to do it. And you did it in my face. Yeah. Still you know what I mean? It. You are reflections. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So I get that. You got to just kind of try to, you know, understand that you are a role model and you're an example in your, your children's lives. Right. Yeah. Absolutely. Definitely got to lead by example, man. Yeah. Did you ever want to do anything... Besides comedy, before you know, coming up, like, did you ever want to do? Well, if you can do anything else, what would it be? Or what were your dreams before comedy? Right, right, right. It's funny because you know, get some. I could sit here and lie. Oh, I always wanted to be a comedian. Yeah, I knew when I was ten years old. No, I didn't. Mm-hmm. I was just that silly, funny guy in the hood. Mm-hmm. You know, um, high school class clown, best sense of humor. It wasn't like I was saying, "Vote for me." In June, <laughs> that's you know, class clown. No, it just that was my personality. I was the dude. Even though I grew up around gangsters and crips and bloods and gang members, I was telling you, I grew up on this side of right. town. But before mm-hmm. we came up on this side of town, I was in South Central, mm-hmm. and like not exaggerating, half my family's crips, half my family's bloods. Mm-hmm. I just happened to be the one that didn't go down that that lane. Right, right. My okay. parents were like, "You are not gonna get caught up and shot." Like your cousins, your brothers, and everybody else. Mm-hmm. So I actually got bussed from South Central to Beverly Hills. Mm-hmm. I was the only black kid in an all-white private school for 10 years. I got teased my entire life <laughs> by my own family members. Right. Cousins, brothers, uncles, aunties. You sound like a white boy. You act like a white boy. I used to be like, holy cow, whatever gave me that idea. <laughs> <laughs> you guys are joshing. What's wrong with you? But it obviously worked out for you. Worked out big time. Who knew I'd end up writing on one of the biggest shows of all time? Right. And that's kind of like a lot of the material that was on the Fresh Prince of Bel-Air. Yeah. The one reason why Will Smith and I got along so well, same way he grew up in Philadelphia, it was mm-hmm. the same way I grew up here in L.A. Mm-hmm. You know, Carlton, the whole situation with Alfonso Ribeiro. Yeah. He was white all day, 24-7. Right. I was like that when I was around the white kids. Yeah, yeah. But I went home to niggas every day. So I got a balance. Yeah, You know yeah, what I mean? Yeah. But I got teased because I'm coming home South Central L.A. And I'm walking home with hockey sticks. Right. Golf clubs. Sweater tied this, around your this neck. Sweater tied around my neck. I'm in the Cub Scouts. They're like, what the fuck? I can swim. Oh, wow. Nigga, I can read. They're like, what? I'm good friends with my dad. Yeah. Everything well, you're a seller. Was, yeah, you're a seller. And that's what they said my whole life. Wow. But until it ended up being like my comedy ended up being, you know, that's why I still to this day mm-hmm. when I sell out in the city, half the crowd's white, half black, because all people, I wanted to make all people laugh, not just black folks. Mm-hmm. I love my people. Absolutely. But white people get me and like me too. You know what I mean? I, why why would that. I turn down money? Ain't nothing wrong with You that. know what I mean? Mm-hmm. If you can be universal, there's a lot more money than universal. Yeah, yeah. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So to answer Point intended. Yeah, you know, no, yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, it was no, I, I never was an athlete. I love sports. Mm-hmm. I'm a sports fanatic. Mm-hmm. I'm like a walking rain man when it comes to sports. Uh, rest in peace, Stuart Scott on ESPN. We were great friends. And he liked me as, I was one of his favorite comedians. He's one of my favorite announcers. Because mm-hmm. you see how he, in, he embodied hip hop. Right. Into the sports world, right. but he was still corporate. Mm-hmm. White people loved him. Black people understood it. Yeah. He made white people know what hip sayings were. And this and that, when we were talking about him, that's what I would have done. If I had not have been an actor, a comedian, I'd be that dude on, on Sports Center commentating, mm. but making you laugh. 
in a funny kind of way, but still getting my point across. That's interesting you say that, man, because a lot of comedians or even actors that I ask, if you weren't doing this, what would you be doing? A lot of them always say, like, I, I would have been a rapper. A lot, of the, a lot of them say rapper. Don't right? get me wrong. I love hip-hop. Yeah. love hip-hop to death. I'm lyrical. I, I get it. I can <laughs> rap on the, in the shower. Yeah. I'm, I'm triple platinum in the shower. Hey, that's how I feel about singing, yeah, man. Yeah, you know what I mean? <laughs> but no, I can't sit here and say I would have been a rapper, but I love hip-hop. But that's something I really would have... And, you know, school didn't work out for me. Mm. Uh, people ask me, did you go to college? I went to college for 20 minutes. Yeah. Uh, I was the original college dropout way before Kanye, <laughs> uh, and it just didn't work out for me. You know what I mean? Uh, you know, I always heard college, you go to college, you learn a trade so you can eventually make money at something. like And pay back those loans. Yeah, pretty much. Mm -hmm. My case, right out of high school, boom, I found out about this entertainment business. Mm. That kind of is like when I told you that story about Fresh Prince and I told you about me being an amateur and just being 21, 22 years old. That was like, it was like on the job training. That was college for me. Right. Learning this game, this entertainment business. You know? Right. No, I agree. Yeah. I feel uh, best experience is always uh, experience firsthand, you know, hands on, you know. On the job training. On the job training, absolutely. When Will Smith threw me in that writing room. I'm in a room full of dudes that wrote some of the biggest TV shows of all time. Mm -hmm. From Happy Days to Home Improvement, some of the biggest white writers ever. Yeah. I didn't know a damn thing about writing. All I knew was about the little four minutes of jokes that I wrote. Mm -hmm. I didn't know anything about structure. I didn't know anything about jokes. I didn't know anything about punching up. So it was literally, I was thrown in the lion's den. Yeah. On the job training. Yeah, but and I'm he, sure. And he, and, he, and he trusted in me and, you know. Yeah, the rest was history. Yeah, but I'm sure when they were, when they found you, I, I'm sure they were looking for something fresh, you know, something of raw, like raw talent, a so. new point of view. And yeah. I was one of the only black writers on the show, so and I'm the same age as him. Mm -hmm. So I was able nothing against those great white writers, right? But you could say what you think a 22 year old black guy would say mm -hmm. versus it coming from another 22 year old black. No, this is what we would say, nigga. Yeah, exactly. So. I just made the jokes funnier. Right. And I would and, and ended up putting my twist on it. Yeah. You get what I'm Absolutely, saying? Absolutely, yeah. And Will was always cool because he always put on all the people. I was the honorary Philly dude on that, on that, on that set. Mm -hmm. All his boys were from Philly. Shout out to all of them. And he put, gave all those guys jobs. And a lot of those guys wrote for him also. You know mm -hmm. what I mean? They were writers also. But I was just one dude from L.A. that we, we clicked and we became great friends and comedy and it just it just worked out you know what i mean that's great that's an awesome story man well i'm proud of you for that oh, man. Thank you, like, man. not too many people have that career especially to kind of think outside the box and keep climbing within the career so that's awesome for you yeah. man so now tell me what advice can you give to somebody looking to move to la to chase this dream you know whether it's comedian actor writer looking to come to la and chase the dream don't do it don't do it <laughs> Stay your ass in Tallahassee. Yeah. Don't leave Des Moines. Detroit is for you. The Bronx is home. You know, the, no, uh, the Bronx I, always, I, I, I always tell everybody, you know, from doing so many cities, and you know, I do 35, 45 cities a year, mm. and I get that question in every city I go to. Mm -hmm. And I'm constantly telling people, like, if I think they're funny or I think they're talented, you got to get the hell out of here, man. Or you'll just be the greatest that there that there never was. Yeah, on your block. Yeah, you'll be mm -hmm. the funniest dude on your block. You'll be the dopest nigga in your neighborhood. Mm -hmm. But 
if you really got talent, you you have to think outside the box. You got to get outside your box. And if it's entertainment, you got to come to this place called L.A. Mm-hmm. Yes, it's going to be tough. Yes, you are now in the home of everybody's talented. Mm-hmm. Everybody's beautiful. Everybody's a model. Everybody got a million followers. Yeah. Every nigga can rap. Every nigga can shoot a basketball. It goes on. I can keep going. Yeah. You know what I mean? And people, you know, a lot of times they're not ready for that competition. Mm-hmm. They'd rather be home where they number one. Great. Like I said, you'll be the greatest that never was. Yeah. If you really just take, take that next step. And you hear all these stories from all these people that came from other places. Mm-hmm. They had to come here and step in this lion's den. Yeah, this snake, this snake pit. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And it's like only the strong survive. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? You're going to get a thousand no's before you get one yes. That's the city we live in. I tell people, if you really believe in yourself, you got to come to L.A. Yeah. And take it to the next level. Yes, Hold it down in your town or wherever you're from. You got to start somewhere. Mm-hmm. Yeah, sling that mixtape. Be, be, be platinum on your block. Mm-hmm. Be that dude on the radio in your city. That's great. Mm-hmm. Be the funniest dude in your town. That's good. Okay, now it's time for you to go to the big leagues. Right. That's like being the dopest nigga at the park down the street from your house. Right. That's great you dunked on the nigga you've known since you were six. <laughs> yeah. Now let's go to another city, a nigga that's a foot taller than you, mm-hmm. 10 times stronger than you. See if that same jump shot works there. Mm-hmm. See if that same joke you told on your block works in front of 600 strangers. Mm-hmm. You think you're funny? Yeah. yeah, I'll be killing my I'll be killing my hood. Great, nigga. Here's the mic you're up next. Do 20 minutes. Mm-hmm. Can you do that? Can you go be funny in front of 5,000 strangers? I didn't think so. You know why? Because that takes work. Right. That's a career. That's that's the next level. Mm-hmm. You know, Instagram and social media is a false sense of what you do. I'm sorry. Right. Don't get me wrong. It's a gift and a curse. And a curse. It's, it's, a, great, it's a great tool. Mm-hmm. I've, I've utilized that tool now. Mm-hmm. I'm not one of those OGs that knocks these young Instagram dudes. No, I get it. Yeah. I get it, nigga. I wish it was around when I was coming up. That's a fact. <laughs> if Instagram was around when I'm coming up, nigga, I'd have 90 million followers. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? But I realized, oh, this tool is amazing. Yeah. When I started seeing niggas blowing up that ain't funny, that aren't talented at all, mm-hmm. and hold up, he's considered famous. Yeah. He he has how many followers? Oh, let, let me let me find out about what, what, how I get on this shit. Yeah, right. <laughs> and that's why skit. my shit took off so fast because I'm really. It's funny these Instagram guys. They're coming from a world of their tr- their whole goal is to eventually be on TV, to eventually do a movie. I'm mm-hmm. coming from 25 TV shows and movies, and I'm utilizing this because I realize oh that can only help. Mm-hmm. Will Smith is a great example. Right. He's only been on this shit four or five months. He has 12 million followers. Why? Because he's a real star. Right. Exactly. He really is funny. Mm-hmm. He really is talented. Exactly. He does have real stories. Mm-hmm. He really does know these people. Yeah. You get what I'm saying? Yeah. This is a lot of fake motherfuckers. Mm-hmm. And I'm not knocking the ones that are real and true to this and real to this. I mm-hmm. get that. But a lot of these motherfuckers, they're doing all this. Da, 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 da. How about you pull away? And you see them in a one-bedroom studio in North Hollywood. Right. That they're struggling to pay eight hundred dollars a month. Mm-hmm. But if you, well, how how can that happen if he has eleven million followers? Because it doesn't exactly equate to money right away. Exactly. Guys that can trip and fall, and 
for, for, for 30 seconds. I'm a comedian. Okay, no, you were funny for 30 seconds. I watched it too. Yeah. That was funny. That was funny. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was hysterical. Okay, nigga, here's the mic. You're up next. Mm. Go up go up in 5,000 amphitheater this weekend. In front of 10,000 people. Can you do that? Mm. Okay, you're not a fucking comedian. Right. You're a funny guy on Instagram. Right. Nothing wrong with that, but let's just really uh, be real with this description of what a comedian is. Exactly. And I'm not, because a lot of these young cats that are listening right now, some of them are, you know, actually working on that craft. I respect them. Right. I respect King Batch. I respect Rito Brown. Mm-hmm. I like the list goes on. I respect DC Young Fly. I know all these little young dudes. Mm-hmm. I know I keep my yeah, ear in the street. Yeah, yeah. I know who the dudes are. And, they all, and they all respect me because I because I really do this. Right. I respect those dudes, like the whole 85 South Cats, you yeah. know what I mean? And and Carlos M and Chico Beans and Billy Sorrells. I know all the young dudes. Right. I respect that. I respect those dudes. Mm-hmm. But the ones that are just on this and this only, mm-hmm. then just stay on that. Right. Do what you do. I understand. Excuse my language. You get your pussy on that. Great. Right, yeah, yeah. It's a new lane. Mm-hmm. Just don't call yourself a comedian, dude. Yeah. Don't, because now you're disrespecting my craft. Exactly. And the blood, sweat, and tears that I've put in in this game. I'm going up six nights a week. Mm-hmm. Every single mic I could find for you know, 15, 20 years to get to this level. Yeah, that's a fact. We ain't have Instagram. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like a dude that just thinks he's a rapper all of a sudden. No, mm-hmm. you're forgetting about those dudes who really paved the way, mm-hmm. who really can write a song, who can also improv, who can also really, they, there's a craft behind this. Right. Just because you shot three jump shots in your mama's driveway and three went in and your boy was taping yeah. and you turn around, ready for the league. No, you're not ready for the yeah, league. Not at you're, all. Not. you're not. not at all. Just because you made three shots? Yeah. That's discarding those kids that started at AAU. Mm-hmm. They went through the stitch in the junior high. They went to high school. You know, some guys went from high school to the pros. Guys yeah. that played college. You know, guys that know about these situations. Yeah. The dudes that train you know what I mean? You know, they, you take a LeBron, you take a Michael Jordan, you Kobe. take a Kobe. These guys will tell you, I was in the gym six hours shooting shots before that game. Mm. I had to put the work in. That just didn't happen game time. Right. So just because you shot three in the, the driveway and, and you caught it and it went viral. Yeah. Think you, you're ready for the league? ready for the league. That chick that just shows her ass, her uterus, her fallopian mm. tubes, <laughs> and her fucking areolas every day on Instagram. She's calling herself a model? Yeah. You're calling yourself an actress? No. Now you're just regarding the women who really worked at the craft. Yeah, who ripped the runway for who real. Who really did the runway. Yeah. Who really the Tyra Bankses and the, and the actresses and the, and, the, and the Queen Latifahs and yeah. the Jada Pinkett's and, 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 and the Halle Berry's. No, no, just yeah. because you show your coochie every day. So to thank all my fans, you guys have been so amazing. To, no, my your fans? No, those are a bunch of horny ass things yeah. to jack off the to your ass. buckets. Yeah, <laughs> keep jiggling your ass. Yeah, I'm not a fan. I wouldn't pay a ticket to see right. you. You're not at all. Not no, at you're all. selling your soul mm-hmm. and you're doing anything for likes. Yeah, because of this thing right here. That's the part where I meant a curse part. Right, it's a gift. When it's really, you're really promoting something. Yeah. You really have something to say. Mm-hmm. You have a movie that's coming out. Right. You have a, you have a business. Mm-hmm. You have a show this weekend. Right. You're really trying to, but when you're just sitting up here, just twerking your ass every, I, I, I can't respect yeah. that. No, I, I totally agree, man. And it's, and it's sad that 
they don't realize, like the youngins, they don't realize that the curse part. You know, they think, oh, they, they, he like my butt. I guess I look good. Right. But that's all they see. Beneath the surface is you're selling your soul. Like the person that brought you in this earth, I'm sure they didn't want this for you. You know what I'm saying? You're, you're, you're being judged, yeah. you know, when, but probably you don't know about it because nothing bad ever happened yeah. to you. But you're being judged by people. By you, your likes. Yeah, you're putting yourself. By your views. Yeah, you're putting yourself in a position where some of these women might get raped. You know, oh, some of them might get disrespected oh, in the club. Dude. Like, oh, I saw you shake that ass. Shake it again, bitch. Like, this I'm going to give you like a good that. example. And this is the truth. This is real. Mm-hmm. This really happened. And this is what's going on now. It scares me. And it's, again, why I have to super, super. And my wife is amazing. Mm-hmm. My mother-in-law is amazing. And we're going to be in our daughter's lives. Mm-hmm. We have a family member that's 14, 15. And if you went off of her Instagram... You wouldn't know she's 14 and 15. She looks 23, 24. Mm. Titties, ass out, everything. Yeah. Doing stuff because unfortunately, she's watching the Amber Roses. She's watching the Black Chinas. The Kim K's. The Kim Kardashian. That. That's unfortunately, I hate saying that. Yeah. That's that's like who she's looking up to. That's, yeah. that's like her idols. Mm-hmm. So what happens is, now she's doing that shit. Now Man she's watched. showing her ass. Now she's showing her titties. So what happened was, I went on her page. Mm-hmm. Here's what people don't realize. There's nothing on her page that says cheerleader. It's nothing on her page that says 11th grade. Mm-hmm. It's nothing on her page that say kid. Yeah. No, these predators out here, they see ass and titties and young. Mm-hmm. So I had to get involved with her mom that doesn't know anything about Social, social media. media. Said, let me explain what happens. Mm. See that last picture of your 15-year-old daughter? See all those dudes that like that? Mm. Damn, girl. Let me holler at you. Yeah. Oh, this your boy such and such from D.C., nigga. From yeah. ever in L.A. Yeah, yeah. Yo, yeah. this your boy from Mississippi. From Yo, nigga. Let's hit up Chuck E. Cheese. Let me <laughs> holler at you. Right? Nah, it's very what she didn't know is, so I had to do the detective work to show her how bad. I had to do the math. Yeah. I said, let's click on this page. Hmm. Did a grown ass man with a beard? How old do you think he is? How old do you think he is? Probably like 32. Yeah, 32. Mm-hmm. 29. Mm-hmm. Trying to get at your 15 year old daughter. He doesn't give a fuck. Guess what? He might not even be a predator. There was nothing on her page that said kid. Mm. He's seeing ass and titties. That's a fact. He's doing what niggas do on this. Right. Yo, I live around the corner. Let's catch up. You want to go to the Beverly Center for lunch? Mm. She's young. She says, cool. Yeah. You know, like most girls, you remember in junior high, yeah. high school, they, I don't even like, they like the older boys. Right. She's putting that, realizing that's why you, she had to shut her shit down. Mm-hmm. That could lead to horrible things. Whether yeah. it's rape, whether it's her getting pregnant, whether it's foul play. Mm-hmm. That dude, he could have hooked up with her. Yeah. That's simple. She could have easily just said, yeah, let's go. I'll meet you at the Cheesecake Factory. When I leave school, on the bus, go meet him. He don't, you know what I mean? Yeah. She can lie to him. Yeah. Then pictures didn't say anything like that. That's a fact. I say all that to say, if you're not in your kid's life, that's the kind of stuff that happens. Mm. That's how people end up missing. Mm. That's how bad things happen. There's a bunch of crazy ass people in this world. Right. That prey off young, whether it's male or females. Mm-hmm. I say that as a public service announcement. There's any people out there right now, and you have teenage girls or kids, you need to monitor that shit. That's a fact. What if I hadn't interrupted? Right. She could easily say, yeah, let's hook up. I don't care if it was the park. 
Mm. You now, know? Yeah. Now, do you think like something like this? You know, f- starting from girls following whoever, trying mm-hmm. to be like this person, is potentially like a piece of what birthed the Me Too movement. Because you see how it can trickle down to where it might, uh, you know, a woman might get raped, just then the third sexually, sexual misconduct, yeah, sexual yeah, harassment, yeah. and now you got people who are just fed up with it and then started this uh, alliance mm-hmm. to, to kind of stop that stuff. Well, I know one thing, social media doesn't help. <laughs> That's a fact. You know what I mean? And again, I say all this to say I'm not knocking social media. Mm-hmm. There's just a way to go about everything. Mm-hmm. That's when I said it's a gift and it's a curse. No one forces girls to be butt naked on this. Okay. You know, how do you expect to be respected, ladies, mm-hmm. if that's what you're putting out? That's a fact. This is not nothing bad I'm saying right now. Nobody right, right. can be upset at what I'm saying. Right, it's the truth. You, you, it's almost like if you want to be respected, you have to give respect. You have to put yourself out there in a respectful way. Mm-hmm. It can still be sexy and classy. It doesn't have to be sluttish. Yeah, but the bad part mm-hmm. about it is you get an Amber Rose who does a slut walk. She's embodying being a slut. She's imbo- she's like she's encouraging it. And yeah. that's the bad part. And I know her personally. Yeah. And I get it. It's a lane now. That's mm-hmm. the unfortunate part. Yeah. It's a lane now. Mm-hmm. Like, she's what, proving what you can be a slut and get a TV show. Yeah, for real. You could be a whore and marry a super rich rapper and get a hundred billion followers. And now nobody can tell you nothing, because now all you gotta do is have a lipstick line. Turn that whoreism. Into cash. And there's women that are going, that's the route I'm going to go. Yeah. Because I didn't go to college. Yeah. I don't have a job. You already I got a huge ass. Yeah. I already sold my my pussy for money. Mm -hmm. How can I flip this? Again, I get it. They're going to disagree with this. It's a hustle. Yeah. It's It's like me trying to tell a stripper why you're doing this. She's going to look at me like, old nigga, shut the fuck up. I'm rolling a Lamborghini. Yeah. Nigga, uh, such and such came in here and made it rain two hundred thousand. So what you talk about? Mm-hmm. Kind of, a, it's almost like saying, "Yeah, and you'll do anything for money." Mm-hmm. It's like trying to tell a dope dealer to stop selling dope. Yeah, when he's rolling around in a Bugatti. I get it. I'm not God. I'm not Jesus. This is just my opinion. Because you also know, young man, you also got to look over your shoulder. Mm-hmm. Also, a nigga that you sold some bad dope. His brother died off that shit. Or that person that you did wrong is also the nigga who pull up and roll up on you and, you know, it it's out. nothing new. Mm-hmm. From Brooklyn to, to fucking South Central, from mm-hmm. Fifth Ward to, to Oakland, California, from Houston to goddamn uh, Mississippi, mm-hmm. we all know that road. Mm-hmm. Yeah, man, you fuck around in that life, dead or in jail. Right. Not too many niggas surviving. You don't see too many old gangsters and hustlers. Right. <laughs> they really didn't live past a certain age. Mm-hmm. And again, I'm just saying this because I have a different mindset now because now I'm a parent. Mm-hmm. And any parent out there, I don't care how gangster you were, mm-hmm. how fucking thugged out you were, nigga, if you have kids, you think this way too. Right. There's that side of you that goes, yo, I don't want my son to go to jail. Right. I don't want my daughter to be on the pole. Mm-hmm. So young people, they may looking at me like, ah, oh, he just talked. Hey, man, if, if this touches anybody, mm-hmm. that's all I can say. I did what I was supposed to do. You know what I mean? I'm not the answer. I'm not the end all be all. I'm not claiming to be God. All I could do is try to live by example and say what I feel. And maybe it touches somebody. Maybe somebody goes, damn, that nigga's right. Yeah, and I'm sure, and you I'm know? sure, I mean, to their defense, I'm sure they, they, they think in the back of their mind, maybe this is like strippers, for example. Oh, mm-hmm. maybe this is wrong. I shouldn't be doing this. I could be doing something better with my life. But, you know, 
at times they feel that they're like limited to their options. Yeah. You know, they want that quick cash. Yeah. And you know, stripping is legal. You know it's what I'm legal. saying? So they can make money. It's not like they yeah. their prostitution is a yeah. different story. But you know what I'm saying? To their defense, it's you know, also they, a gateway. Yeah, they feel like they're uh, yeah, that's true. I'm they're, sorry. They're it like, is what it is. They feel like they're limited to their yeah. options, so they might just kind of go with what works at the moment. Yeah. You know what yeah. I'm saying? For plans for yeah. something greater. Yeah. It's almost like again, I'm not saying all, but you try to not have your kid smoke a cigarette or smoke weed. Mm. Why? Yes, not everybody, not ever, making it clear, not everybody started out and went to cocaine and meth and heroin. Mm -hmm. But motherfucker, a lot of them did. It started with cigarettes. Yeah. Then it went to weed. Mm -hmm. It's not getting me high enough. Let me try this cocaine shit. Yeah. You know what? That did. You know what? Let me try heroin. Let me try me. And the next thing you know, nigga, you're done. You're out of there. You're strung out. You're this, that. It's almost like in that game. If you're going to show your pussy, to strangers and get a little bit of something, the natural progression is porn. You're doing it already. Well, why not? And, and, or, or prostitution. Okay, you showed your pussy to these guys. They gave you 1500 They gave you 2000 A simple whisper in the ear. You know, we, we go into the hotel after this. Yeah. Uh, yeah, we gave you 25 but I got another five racks at the house. Mm -hmm. You're already in this game for money. Exactly. You already showed your pussy. Why not go to this nigga's apartment and make it a $7,000 night? Mm -hmm. But it's going to take a little bit more work yeah. than what happened at this club. Exactly. And again, not saying all. Yeah. So the strippers that are watching know you're not all prostitutes. But trust me, a lot of them in them. Why not get that money? Yeah, and it's a gateway. Like it it's a gateway. It's going to lead. All it takes is the right game being spat in your ear. You're man. in that game. Mm -hmm. Next thing you know, you're out of there. Yeah. Nobody can tell you shit. You made so much money. This is what you do. You're putting your life, your body, and the rest of what you have in store for you right in jeopardy. That's so a fact. No, I agree, brother. I'm sorry. I wasn't trying to get all preachy and shit. No, 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 no. That, that was. I'm perfect. just trying to keep it real. No, that was perfect, actually. But now, nah, man, I totally agree, man. Because I wasn't. I don't know if you know. I mean, I'm from. I came from Tampa, Florida. Okay. And um, yeah, but it has the most strip clubs. I heard. It's yeah. like they got more strip clubs than golf courses in Tampa. That's a fact. Shout out to Tampa, too. Every time I do the Tampa Improv. Uh, they come out, sell out the show. So, but yeah, strip clubs like yeah. there's more strip clubs than stop signs. That's a fact. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's a fact, brother. Yeah, but like I was saying, man, it's like that's a, it's a big cycle of women looking for that as an outlet to come up, you mm -hmm. know. And things are so cheap oh, yeah. out there. It's like one night you got your rent paid, next night you got your car paid. After that, you ball. You know what I'm saying? So it's like it's sad to see the cycle of. Of you know young women looking mm -hmm. up to that and then you know make it's making a living off of it but it's like like you said it could lead to other things and I seen it firsthand you know what I'm saying mm -hmm. I mean growing up as a, back then as a single man mm -hmm. I was like ten years in that strip club you know what I'm saying just Sue's yeah. rendezvous in the Bronx uh, no no no, no. <laughs> <laughs> I'm talking about in Tampa you know what I'm saying you got Shangri La you got scores of course all that you know what I'm saying not Moulin Rouge yeah there's Deja Vu you know what I'm saying a bunch of them but yeah but I've I seen it firsthand, bro and then sometimes it's just like it's sad to see man like you said as a parent you start thinking you don't want your kids doing this I'm not even a parent and it's like I can I can see where the mind frame of a parent, even if he was in that life, yeah. would change because you don't want to see yeah. your, your loved one go through that. Absolutely, so, I absolutely, mean, it is what it is. But I mean, like, so in regards to like the whole Me Too movement, do you think that it played a part in the Bill Cosby verdict? 
Well, Bill was way before that. <laughs> right, right. Well, he just got. But yes, you know it um, it added a lot to you know what I mean because now it's just so in the news and it's so right now. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? It's just unfortunate, but you know I'm gonna be honest with you as a comedian. I, you can't knock that man's body of work mm-hmm. and what he did for stand-up comedy, TV, and the entertainment game. You know, me or you weren't there when any of this shit happened. Mm-hmm. You know, we only know what we've heard. Mm-hmm. It's just crazy to me how somebody tries to come out 30 years later and say something happened. Mm-hmm. I feel like that's just <clears> like <throat> saying you just got hit by a car. Right. And you wait thirty years to go to the, go to a doctor to see if a bone is broken, mm-hmm. or you just got up and you just, and it really was nothing wrong with you in the first place. Yeah, you just said, "Hey, wait a second, I get money for this." No, it was wrong that that whatever happened, but you know we don't know what happened. Mm-hmm. It's just crazy how just this slew, this onslaught. Mm-hmm. Oh, me too, me too, me. You know what? Me too. <laughs> don't get me wrong. It's a horrible thing. Mm-hmm. There's been women out there, and bad things have happened to them. I don't know what happened with Bill. We only know about what we heard. It's just sad that like he's eighty. Eighty. Basically, and they gave this nigga thirty. I mean, come on, dude. He doesn't have too many more years on this on this planet. But mm-hmm. it's like you know, it just goes to show being black, no matter how big you get, they will still make examples out of our out of us. Mm-hmm. You still need to keep your nose clean. Mm-hmm. Watch what you do. Watch what you say because the game has changed. Right. You know, I have a whole new joke I do on stage about this whole Me Too and uh, uh, all this sexual harassment stuff. I, I basically talk about the topic of the joke is I'm happy I got married when I got married. Okay. I'm happy I found the right one before all this bullshit. Mm-hmm. Because before I had my wife, I was a wild and crazy nigga in these streets mm. with a lot of women. I'm sure we all were. You know, mm-hmm. nigga, I got away with murder. <laughs> like a Because I was very hands-on with these bitches, mm-hmm. I'm not going to lie. Uh, <laughs> but I like to talk and have a good time and drink and, and wine and dine women, and we just have a good time. But I said, damn, it's crazy now because now you can lose your job off of something you said. You can, right. you can get fined off of verbs. Things that you say, right? I mean, at my, you know, in my generation when I was coming up, in, you know, the '90s, early 2000s, we call that we call that getting at a chick. We we call that yeah, you know game. spitting game. We call that flirting. Yeah, nigga, it's a felony now. Right, too sensitive. Right, right. Yeah. right. So I have a whole new joke. You got to come see me. You got to yeah. come see me live about that. But I have a whole joke I do about that, like why well, I'm happy I'm married, how cost effective it is to mm-hmm. be married. I just didn't give you a blurb of the joke. I said, yeah, man. I've been around a lot of NFL, mm-hmm. NBA dudes. Mm-hmm. I've seen them in the club. I've seen these dudes pop bottles, spend ten, fifteen thousand dollars $15,000 like it's nothing. Mm-hmm. Just to possibly get some pussy. $15,000 on alcohol to possibly get some pussy. Because you understand, you're not spending $15,000 just to get drunk on your own. Right, not at all. Nigga, you can use a bottle at the house. Yeah. You could have went and got a little something. No, you're trying to impress other people. Yeah, you're showing off. You're showing off to possibly get some pussy. Now, do the math. Mm -hmm. You're doing that three three nights a week in clubs. Mm -hmm. So, nigga, you easily spent 60 grand this week on alcohol. Yeah. To, what's the word? 
possibly get some pussy. I say, nigga, do you know how cost effective it is to be married? I say, I buy my wife one lemon drop martini <laughs> and get the best blowjob in blowjob history. Oh, man. For $13. Oh, shit. I've been building. Do you understand? That's a fact. Come on, save. I saved, what, uh, $45,000? Uh, yeah, you saved the, somebody's year's salary. Come on, man. I love my wife. Shit, it's a beautiful thing. I don't have to deal with that kind of shit anymore. Nah, I feel the same way, man. Like, I actually, when I'm, um, when I, before I came here, I just met my girl, and uh, I'm glad because if I would have came here single, it would have been a totally different uh, ball. I probably would have ended up back in Florida. Oh, you, you would have lost your mind. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You would have lost your mind. And it's easy to lose your mind in this city. Yeah, that's a fact. Man. You know what I mean? So, yeah. That's crazy, man. So, tell me, um, let's just switch things around. Uh, how do you feel about President Trump huh. as our president? I hate him. I don't like him. I don't like anything he stands for. He's Republican. I'm a Democrat. Mm. Um... I'm surprised the Mexicans didn't try to kill his ass when he came here. He came to L.A. I thought the Mexicans were going to blow up his hotel. I'm like, what? Do y'all know he's here? Yeah. And y'all ain't doing shit about it? Yeah, uh, yeah, man. Um, it's so funny because I do a joke about him on stage. Yeah. I said, yeah. Uh, did you get, By the way, did you get the email from Trump? No. He sent out an email. No, I did not. To all black people about oh. a week ago. <laughs> yeah, and... Uh, <laughs> And supposedly uh, by August fifth, we have to all back, report back to the cotton fields. Did you hear anything about that? <laughs> no, I didn't. <laughs> no, I, I, no, but I said, I said, real talk. But Trump's the type of dude that will make cotton picking a six-figure a year job. I say, so a nigga gonna have to make a decision. Yeah. <laughs> so my question to you, right here on camera, okay. I just need a yes or a no. Know, just a yes or a no. Okay. For a half a million dollars a year. Just a yes or a no. Would you pick cotton? Yes. <laughs> I'll be cotton picking right. You're cotton picking right. <laughs> I'll be right there with you. Hell yeah. With some Beats by Dre, uh -huh. some fresh ass Jordans, and a Gucci backpack. You nigga. ain't never lie. We're going to be out there. They gonna, we going to have a dance with us. <laughs> we're going to have a dance with us. Call it the cotton Hey, hey, hey Trump, you got those bricks ready? We're going to bring that wall next. <laughs> Straight up and down. As we pull away in our Lamborghinis. Hell uh, yeah. Said, no, but Trump, man. It's just crazy this situation with Kanye. Oh my God! You saw the TMZ uh, interview. I've seen it all, and I love Van Lathan. Mm -hmm. He's a good friend of mine. Mm -hmm. He said it. He said it eloquently, and he did it great. It's just like I love Kanye. He's mm -hmm. actually a friend of mine. I've known him a long time, but unfortunately, I have to say that brother's in a sunken place right now. And it's, get out! He get, get out, nigga. Uh, it's just sad. The the, the the stigma that comes along with fucking with that Kardashian family mm -hmm. and those Jenners. Like, I mean, do you can, really think that's what it is, though? Dude, it's like every I mean, I dude that has joke, messed but. around with them, it's been nothing but either bad thing. The thing about with Kanye, mm -hmm. he met her already as a talented guy Yeah, that had a whole lot of shit going for him without her. Mm -hmm. He was platinum before her. He's super talented before her. Mm -hmm. I just think being with them... He's around so many yes people, and no one's just going to tell him the truth. And no one's just going to, you know, stop him and be like, hold up. What the fuck did you just, did you just say? Yeah. There's nobody left like that. His mm -hmm. mother's gone, mm -hmm. and it's a bunch of people that aren't real around him. Yeah, him so, and Jay is like, they, yeah, brothers, yeah, 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 so, yeah. He's really, he's really out there on his own, yeah. swinging out of control, and he's with them. So they couldn't be... Uh, Kicking any knowledge, nigga. Yeah. What the fuck do they know? And they ain't grow up like him, so they their views. What are different. the fuck do they know mm -hmm. other than sex tapes and twerking 
and uh, having a different black person in them every night of the week. That's a fact. Uh, it's an entire fact. Yeah, like, yeah, they, yeah. If there was anybody that loved chocolate, they, you know what they could say? You know what they could say? They need the, the Kardashians and Jenners <laughs> need to go online and, and just sell a t-shirt and it says, we love chocolate. Yeah. <laughs> Nigga, they would sell a hundred trillion t-shirts because if they don't love chocolate, I don't know who does. Right. They said, fuck their whole generations for chocolate. <laughs> ain't nothing but niggas up in that house you and up never, in that ass. You ain't never From lie. the mama to the every daughter to... I'm surprised. Is Caitlyn Jenner fucking a black man now, too? Uh, I think she just had a bell, you stupid. <laughs> Jesus Christ, that'll just make it a whole thing. But, um... Oh, uh, yeah, she no. just had a baby by Travis Scott, right? The other of course. One, and then, you know, yeah. uh, Chloe, and then, yeah. of course, Kim. And, you know, it's just, hey, they love talking. And then they, bug, they brother yeah. had one with Black China. They just love niggas. They do. But, uh, unfortunately... Must be with, in the pussy, because that shit brought them all, all back I mean. to life. <laughs> that's what I mean. It's like, what the hell? So, but, um... Trump, man, you know what I mean? I think he just cares about rich people. Mm-hmm. Yes, he's a businessman. Yes, he's a Republican. He's just trying to, how can I get richer? I think he knew nothing about being a president. I can't believe he won. Mm-hmm. I think that nigga learned how to be a president on YouTube. Because, <laughs> you know, YouTube, you can go, you can learn how to build a bomb on YouTube. Yeah, tutorial. Anything, mm-hmm. I think it's a tutorial, but I couldn't believe he uh, became president. I think, uh, because here's another thing. All the allegations and all the craziness that we hear every day on CNN about this dude, mm-hmm. we all know. You know. It's not an even playing field. Right. Because if that was Obama, he would have been out a long time ago. Mm-hmm. That's Let Obama say he grabbed somebody by the pussy and see if that nigga could still be president. Day one out of there. Nigga, if Obama had got busted jaywalking in front of the White House, that nigga would have been impeached mm-hmm. on the other side of the street, nigga. Mm-hmm. Soon as he got to the other side, nigga, you're done. Yeah. yeah he would have went from he would have been from president to PE teacher in the same week, nigga. PE. <laughs> out of all subjects, PE. <laughs> you know what I mean? Because that nigga go yeah. be teaching basketball yeah, somewhere. Yeah, yeah. It's just, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I think this was a fluke. He got in there. He got in there to help his business, his name, and his brand. Yeah. Yeah. So I, when it's done, because it's going to be done, uh-huh. he's just going to continue being rich. Yeah. And he's having it on his resume and something else I did. Honestly, I think that's why he ran, to be like, what else can I do? Because he done done everything before he got there. He's the epitome of anything is possible. That's a fact. That's a fact, yeah. But, I mean, you know, I can't take it away from me. He's in there. I mean, he's, whatever job he's doing, he's doing it. And like yeah. you say, he's adding it to the resume. So I had big so fights. I had mm-hmm. big fights with a lot of my friends and family in mm-hmm. this last week mm-hmm. over Kanye. Because I like his music. Mm-hmm. I don't agree with the things he said, but I can't lie. I like that nigga's music. He's a genius. Right? I like his music. But where he crossed the line and where I have to officially say on camera yeah, that I'm me. done... Is the whole slavery situation? Dude, that was my next question. Look, I'm the dead ass. Yeah, look, right here, yeah, boom. Yeah. When he said, it, 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 "You know, it was a choice." No, brother. Yeah. You, either you got to read your your, your, your history books. You're really out of touch right now. Yeah. That you. I don't know what is going on in that house. Mm-hmm. Or what type of drugs is going on there? Was That's why I love what Van Lathan said. Because, brother, it wasn't a choice. Mm-hmm. Nigga, we were tortured. Yeah. Women, slave women that were slaves were hung and not only they were they hung to die yeah they would beat the, they would beat the pregnant not cut their stomachs open so those the the, the, the babies the unborn babies mm-hmm. would fall out mm-hmm. and they would stomp and trample our children 
Like it's beyond what couldn't even be fathomed. Yeah. That's what they did to slaves. Yeah. That wasn't a choice. That's a fact. Well, you know what I'm saying? So when he said that, he crossed the line, and I don't even know if, if a regular apology, if he sticks to it, that's going to hurt him big time. If he apologizes in some kind of way, that might, but that's a wound that's deeper than, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, that's just you, and when you talk about your feelings and your thoughts, right. that was a horrible feeling and thought that came out, and it's going to come back to haunt you. Yeah, I mean, it or did. Or you might have a crowd full of people that are with you that may not be of our color. Because, mm -hmm. yes, Kanye has crossed over. Right. Yes, white people like him. Mm -hmm. Yes, I swear to God, I feel like if they did analytics and statistics on the sales of his shoe, I think more of them bought it than us. Right. Because, remember, they've adapted to our culture. Absolutely. We all know what I'm saying when I say that. Mm -hmm. They love hip-hop as much as we do now. Right. Their kids have to, trust me, their kids, they got to go buy that LeBron James jersey. Mm -hmm. They got to go buy that Kevin Durant jersey. Yeah. They got to go buy those Yeezys. Mm -hmm. They got to go buy those Jordans. Shit of our culture mm -hmm. that they love. They love him. They're the ones with credit cards. Yeah. They're the ones when they say, Kanye concert sold out in two minutes. Mm -hmm. That's white people. Yeah. They have platinum American Express and black mm -hmm. cards. <laughs> Niggas wait to the day of that last and, hope, and hope we can get a scout ticket. Right. And we'll <laughs> see who got the hookup. We get in the, the nosebleed. Like, we in exactly. the building. That's all that exactly, exactly. So. Nah, that's crazy. Yeah, he man. fucked up with that. So let me ask you a question. I want your two cents on it. Do you think that was a publicity stunt for this album coming out? So that's, I forgot to tell you the end of my statement. Okay. That's what the fighting argument was with my family and friends. Okay. I thought that it was the biggest and dopest publicity stunt ever. I was under the impression like, oh, he's up to some more ignorant brilliance here. Yeah. And what is that? You're out the loop for a year, year and a half. Mm-hmm. What can I do to put my name in everybody's mouth? How can I get the world to talk about me right now? Oh, and by the way, the album drops on Thursday. Nigga, that's brilliant marketing. That's a fact. He said, talk about this Trump shit. A simple wearing of a hat mm. can get the whole world talking. Yeah. First of all, nigga, you're an artist. Mm -hmm. I'm an artist. Mm -hmm. Nigga, I would love uh, some kind of way I got something coming up this week and could get the whole world to talk about me. You know how many curiosity dollars I'm going to make? So that was my fight. Yeah. I told everybody, y'all, y'all don't understand. It's all a ploy to get you to go by. But he crossed the line when he said the slavery shit. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like, you got to have some type like, of boundaries. Yeah, man. yeah, yeah. You, you know, know what I mean? You went there with it. Yeah. I like, can't, I can't, I can't. I can't, I can't, I can't have your back anymore, brother. Yeah. I felt a lot of people, they say he lost like 9 million followers and something like that on Twitter. My wife, my wife was like, I know that's your boy. I know you like him. But if you buy that motherfucking album, we're going to get a divorce. I was man, fuck that nigga Kanye. Oh uh, yeah, fuck a Kanye. Yeah, fuck Kanye who? Fuck Kanye who? Mm. Fuck around in my household, goddamn. <laughs> fuck up my happy home shit. That's a fact, man. So, um, all right, so let's get off of that, you know what I'm saying? Get something more positive, you know what I'm saying? What are you doing to uh, get back to the community? Well, I have, well, in my case, mm -hmm. I have a foundation. I, have a, I help children with, with cancer, with pediatric cancer. Uh, the great, Alex brother. Thomas Foundation. Uh, I do a huge golf tournament every year. Mm -hmm. uh, July, Mountain Gate Country Club in Bel Air. 
Um, I work with the Ronald McDonald House. Okay. A lot of people don't know what the Ronald McDonald House is. <clears throat> Ronald McDonald Houses are built across the street from several different hospitals in America with children with cancer. Because mm-hmm. what happens is you can't actually have the family and friends in their hospital room. Mm. So the Ronald McDonald House was built across the street from these facilities somewhere if your child is either, you know, 60 days, given 60 days to live. Mm. They only, they, the doctor says they, they, they only have six months left or they're going through chemo. And that family wants to be right there for their child mm-hmm. in case of emergency or to be there with them. The Ronald McDonald House is across the street mm-hmm. and they basically provide them for free however long they need to stay there while their kid is going through chemo or going through serious crisis with cancer. Mm-hmm. Food, shelter, a place to shower, a place to sleep. That's what we do. My foundation, we will actually, there might be 15 families dealing with their kids are in chemo right now, mm-hmm. given six months to live. We actually make dinners or bring dinners mm-hmm. and, and, and pay for their food so they can ease their minds and they can be in a better place while their kid is going through something catastrophic. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's what the Alex Thomas Foundation does uh, for children with cancer. Yeah. So that's my way of giving back. There's a billion ways to give back. Yeah. People do different things. Cancer hit my family huge in the last five, six years. Sorry to hear that. So yeah, Me man, too. it was real tough. So it was something I felt, how can I give back? And when I found out that one of the number one killers of children nationwide, 15 and younger, is cancer, it touched me. So I was like, you know what? This is what I want to do. This is going to be my way to give back. That's so, awesome, man. You Alex Thomas Foundation. Yeah, man. And if you ever have any events like that going on, definitely let me know. I mean, I'll oh, absolutely. some food out, water. Oh, absolutely. Whatever. Any way to help. Yeah. You know what I mean? That's my way. You, you can make somebody smile and laugh in a situation where they have nothing to smile and laugh about. Yeah, you and know? sometimes that's all they need. You know what I'm saying? Because I heard, you know... Uh, um, cancer cells feed off stress mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying It just attacks you more So you want to be in that sunlight You want to be around love and positivity yeah. Just to, you know um, I, I don't want to say save yourself Because you never know if that can mm. yeah, yeah. kill the cancer yeah. But, you know, it can put you in good spirits At least when you need it the most Absolutely, and know? one of my hashtags is Laughter is healing mm-hmm. That's great I, I say that, again, I'm not a preacher uh, I'm not, a, you know, I'm not Jesus But from doing comedy 25 years I couldn't tell you how many stories I have of people coming up to me after my shows. Mm-hmm. Random people. Mm-hmm. Never met them before in my life. They'll say like, my mom's going through chemo right now, or we just buried my dad, mm-hmm. or this lady in Atlanta just recently after my show, she came up to me with tears in her eyes. She said, can I get a picture with you? I said, yeah. She goes, you were so funny. I haven't been to a comedy club in 25 years and you were my my son's favorite comedian mm. we bought these tickets to come see you a month in advance mm. he was shot and killed two weeks ago wow. so I came here on behalf of my son because he wanted to come see you mm. and I couldn't explain to you all that I've went through in these last two weeks losing my son to gun violence but you made me It's 
it's all good, brother. She said, um... I get you. You made me, you made me smile. Go ahead. I'm listening, but I'm gonna get you some tissue. You know, she said, uh, you made me smile. You made me laugh. And you made me forget about this pain for a little bit. So, it just kind of, just kind of lets me know as a, as a comedian, I'm not a, I'm not a doctor, I'm not a lawyer, I can't, uh, you know, I, I, there's no way we can bring her son back. Mm -hmm. But that made me feel so good inside. That was like, maybe that was my calling. Maybe that was my, you know, my blessing to make somebody laugh and make them forget about that pain. Mm -hmm. I can only imagine the pain of a mother losing her son in any kind of way, but that's less to gun violence. And then on top of that, I was his favorite comedian. They bought these tickets to come see me. Mm -hmm. And he, she, he couldn't be here, so she came for him. Mm -hmm. She said, I haven't laughed. I can't tell you how hard I laughed tonight and how I needed this. And I just wanted to say thank you. That's great, bro. That made me. That made that made my night. That made my day. And it made me. And she just said, you know, just keep doing what you're doing. You don't know when you're out there on stage. You don't know who you're touching. Mm -hmm. You didn't know my story till I came up to you afterwards. You know. Yeah. So that makes me. I'm sorry about that, man. No, that's just, good. You know, bro. it's just. You know what I'm saying? Like you got to get it out your chest. But you know, honestly, I think secretly, you know, because my mind, you know, I always think God works in mysterious ways. Like things like that. That's God talking to you, you know, through somebody else, you know, to motivate you to keep going, you know what I'm saying? Because who knows? I don't know what you was going through then. You Maybe your life was good. Maybe you had something going on that possibly could have discouraged you at the moment. But it took that one, you know, saying from the lady to, to keep you going, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Look how that touched you. You know, you started yeah. crying. You know, obviously you felt some type of way. And I feel like that was God talking to you, you know what I'm saying? This is definitely your calling. you touching a lot of great people. you healing people with laughter and you know, it's obviously benefiting you, your family, and, you know, it's all f pure, genuine from the heart. It's not like, you know, you're doing it for profit. It's just coming naturally, you know what I'm saying? So that's, that's I feel like that was God talking to you at yeah. that moment, brother. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So, um, yeah. Know, but that, that, you know, you know, rest in peace to that lady's son, you know what I'm saying? And God is blessing all of us. He's watching all of us, you know what I'm saying? So let's yeah. just keep on... You know, fulfilling his plan. You know yeah. what I'm saying? Yeah. Straight up. So, um, speaking of that, what's what's next for you going forward from here? Uh, yeah, like I said earlier, the, 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 my new Netflix specials. Mm -hmm. uh, it's a Netflix series. Mm -hmm. It's called Motown Magic. Coming on Netflix. Everybody watch 64 episodes. It's hysterical. It's um, uh, executive produced by the legend Smokey Robinson. So that'll be on Netflix. Mm -hmm. uh, shooting my next hour special this summer. Peoria, Illinois. The funny don't stop. That's my hashtag. Mm -hmm. They can follow me on Instagram at funnymanalexthomas. Facebook at funnymanalexthomas. And the hashtag is the funny don't stop. 
Got another hashtag, laughter is healing. Mm-hmm. I have a ton of hashtags, man. Uh, you know, I touch the people. Yeah. You know, uh, a lot of, you know, uh, these jokes pay these bills. Hey. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, so The jokes link. <laughs> exactly. So, you know what I mean? Just staying busy. On the road, doing a lot of shows. I got a lot of shows coming up. They follow me on Instagram. They'll know where I'm going to be next. Every single Tuesday night, mm-hmm. I got... Uh, uh, the Funny Don't Stop Tuesdays at a dope comedy club, North Hollywood. It's called the Ha Ha Cafe, 4712 Lancashire Boulevard in North Hollywood. Every Tuesday night, you never know who might drop by. Mm-hmm. It's a great show, so you know, pull up. Yeah. You know what I mean? The Funny Don't Stop. Well, I'm definitely putting up. He said they got strong drinks for the love. <laughs> oh, and the drinks are out of this world, and the food is great too. So yeah. Yeah, uh, yeah. So my last question, man. Um, you got Jay-Z phone number? Because I'm trying yeah. to interview him on the show. <laughs> you know, I need him to come through. Chica. I want those likes. I want those follows. <laughs> so funny. You got stories about all these guys, these rich and famous dudes who are my friends, who I've known them for years, had their numbers. All their numbers done change. Yeah, I'm sure. I swear I'm to sure. God, man, he's changed. his number changes every two weeks. Man, what this nigga calling me on a Sunday for? <laughs> uh, yeah. No, that's funny, man. Well, ladies and gentlemen. Thanks for having me. Yeah, man. Thank you for coming through, this man. Fun. This is great. I know brother. we probably went a little over time. No, man. over time. This is We are our time. Yeah, you know uh, what I'm saying? That's how we give it up out here. Sleep is for billionaires, the podcast. Alex Thomas, your boy Johnny Vegas, and I'm out. Make sure you stay tuned for more episodes to come, you heard? The funny don't stop. That's a fact. I want to be a billionaire. I ain't getting no sleep till I see a million every week. I want to be a billionaire. I ain't getting no sleep till I see a billy every week. I want to be a billionaire. Billionaire. I want to be a billionaire. Billionaire. I want to be a billionaire.